Welcome to another episode of the Scotland's Choice podcast. The journey to the referendum on Scotland's future is underway, and in these podcasts we're examining the choices for the Scottish public, looking at what we do differently to Westminster already with the limited powers we do have, and what we could and would do differently with the full powers of independence. Why? Well, we want everyone to be informed, involved, and hopefully inspired to look at the possibilities for Scotland, because... As our country renews, we need to choose our own future before somebody else chooses it for us. I'm your host, Drew Hendry MP, and in this episode, I'm in conversation with Liz Savile-Roberts, Westminster leader of Plaid Cymru, about a view from Wales on Westminster and independence. Liz has represented Dwyfer Merionet since 2015 and was the first woman to become a Plaid Cymru MP. She's been a news reporter in London and North Wales and a further education lecturer. She's also served as a counsellor and her passions are her family and her animals, especially her horses, dogs and a goat. Well, uh, Liz, welcome to this special Scotland's Choice podcast on A View from Wales. Okay, thank you very much for um, inviting me for the conversation. (laughs) Um, Liz, you believe in independence for Wales. Uh, Why do you think that's important for people in Wales? Well, as things stand, you would wonder, where else are we going to grow Wales? How else are we going to grow our confidence? We know how this place, Westminster, treats us, and we're only going to have more of the same in the future. We know that we're losing more of our MPs than anybody else, Mm. just to point to one specific thing. You know, we're going to go down, we anticipate going down from 40 MPs to 32. There is nothing in that compared to the 350 MPs of England that gives us the chance of having a decent voice. But it's more than just sort of some of the simple figures like that. It's it's when you you look in your heart and you're looking for the confidence for the future and you want to have something better for your children and you want to have something better for for your communities and you want to stop complaining all the time. You you want to stop putting your hand up and saying, us too, what about us, we're not being treated fairly. Let's just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it ourselves. Let's find the way of doing it ourselves. And to be continually told that we can't, that we're not good enough, you know, and that we should be grateful You're with what small, we get. too small, too poor. The same yeah. old argument yeah. that gets, and how, mm-hmm. how you can see people internalising it, and how you can see that we're forever losing our young people away to somewhere else. You know, we're, we're, we're beautiful, but you can't live off the view. You know, mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. fascinating history, but you need to look into the future. And where else are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And I think what's so exciting over the last few years with the growth of Yes Cymru and also, interestingly, said through clenched teeth, the way that Labour and Wales have also begun to get their hands mm-hmm. on this agenda, is that there's far more awareness of this now. If you're looking at, say, you know, there was an ITV poll back in March that said 39% of people were supportive of independence. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at, um, I think, people between the age of 17 and 55 or so, 54, you're looking at 47% of interest mm-hmm. there. What's really interesting is it's on people's agenda in you know, over people the last three about years. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. way yeah. more than it ever was before. It's mm-hmm. not the a certain political class who have a certain interest and are talking to each other. This is something that you can talk about with people on the street, and they're beginning to ask perhaps quite quite probing questions. But it's a subject of conversation, and it it's an option, and people are interested in it, and that's. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, that's exciting. That is exciting uh, for you. Th this episode obviously set up so that we can get the view from Wales and speak to you um, about that. You were talking about the uh, the attitude changing, you know, the demographic uh, change that you're seeing in terms of uh, people now you know, showing the support for uh, Wales having its independence. How do you feel the view has changed to um, to Scotland becoming independent in Wales? Oh, there's a real sense. I mean, you'd hear this from the First Minister, Labour's Mark Drakeford, down, and I think he was presenting something to the House of Lords today, talking about the union. Um, this sense of, of far more than not just Plaid Cymru members who would have been involved with the 2014 referendum in Scotland and would have a, you know, a long-term interest and a quite detailed knowledge of the SNP of mm -hmm. the independence movement, you know, who would be members like I am of the SNP as well. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, it's that awareness that somebody like Mark Drakeford can be saying, uh, look, if Scotland goes for independence, if independence occurs in Scotland, mm -hmm. if we're looking at a united Ireland, you know, as, as we are, he's talking mm. about this as a very real prospect. I'm saying yeah. that because I'm, it's interesting for me to be describing Mark Drakeford saying mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at these big uh, constitutional changes happening elsewhere in Scotland and, and the north of Ireland within the United Kingdom, then I think you know, the interesting thing is that Labour are beginning to wake up and thinking, where are we left? Exactly. Well, of course, mm. we, within Plaid Cymru, within the independence movement, we are striving for this, for those, what I would say are the more, uh, the exciting reasons that, that we can build our confidence, that we can build a nation, that we can make Wales a better place than it presently is. I think Labour are coming at it from the, the sudden realisation, oh, nah, if we lose Scotland, what hope are we of getting Westminster. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that sense of sudden panicking. How, how do we actually keep our grip on the powers that we presently have? Mm -hmm. I may be doing them a dis misfavour, but that is our experience think, of uh, Labour in I, Wales. I think you're pretty close to the mark from <laughs> my, uh, effectively, my they, they've been They've been empowered yeah. in Wales in terms of representation for the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. And Wales is in the economic situation in, in which we find mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. And Labour cannot wash their hands of responsibility over that. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, you, um, you, you were in chamber earlier um, t on the day we've recorded this podcast podcast uh, raising questions about spending um, for the wheels has to pay for has to contribute to but it's getting nothing for we've got a similar thing where we don't want trident in the Clyde uh, the nuclear weapon system but we still have to contribute to paying for that you were talking about HS2 do you see a lot of similarities between the way uh, Wales and Scotland are treated by Westminster? Well, certainly in Wales, which we've just been told with HS2, although, as I said in the chamber, there's not a single inch of track will go near Wales. And we have measures that it may benefit some of the areas in North Wales because of the way HS2 is aligned and to the northwest of England. And we do suspect that it will do the opposite of South Wales because it'll draw the English economy in a certain direction. That's one consideration. But nonetheless, when it comes to actually how we in Wales, with our tax contributions, contribute to HS2. We do that. We don't get any Barnet consequentials mm -hmm. in the new, uh, the, the, the new phase, the present phase of HS2. Mm -hmm. We did it in the very earliest phase. Because it's just, we've just been told it's an England and Wales project. Now, mm -hmm. it's also a UK project, but Scotland, of course, gets Barnet consequentials. Now, in terms of Wales, it's estimated it being in for the lifetime of the project and its costs are going up, being something in the, ra the realm of £5 billion. Now, when you get 15 billion a year, mm -hmm. that's quite an amount of indeed. money. And we've just been told that, no, you can't get it. No, you're not eligible for it. We decide you don't get, end of. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned a, a few minutes ago um, about the, the fact that 
uh, Wales is a beautiful country and you know you, but you've got to do some more with uh, what you've got in a previous podcast uh, I, I was chatting with Stephen Gethins a former uh, MP and colleague of ours who recently published a book Nation to Nation uh, and he made the point that the UK fails to what he says play its full team on the world stage in other words they're uh, quick to talk down uh, Scotland and Wales but uh, but not quick to talk them up uh, despite the successes that might be seen uh, in Wales in particular in this conversation what's your view on that? Well I think I'd take the step back and and, and echo what one of Plaid's of course Plaid's first member of parliament Gwynbor Evans actually said that when you're talking from Westminster's point of view when you hear Britishness what he actually means is is Englishness and that um, this particularly with this government that there's only the very th sharp the, the, the now, very uh, yeah. only the thinnest mm. tiniest mm. scratchiest veneer mm -hmm. over what we actually we're talking up England and then the rest of you can just be grateful for being associated with the wonderfulness that is England <laughs> I can say that with a degree uh, of com well, not confidence but a degree of confidence in myself I am from London originally you see mm -hmm. I am from an English background and I can say that in some ways that some of my, my compatriots as of now in Wales yeah. are more uncomfortable with saying but I do I, I know the English attitude and um, there is this sense of course I mean my Clyde's leader Adam Price has, has written a book called the, the last colony Wales the last colony uh, mm -hmm. well and the first colony as well in the sense that that we are a possession of England and we are supposed to be grateful in that role Mm -hmm. and then we take what we get but anything in which we we, 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 we we grow our own ambitions is regarded as a threat so that all ambitious Welsh men and women should be looking towards England to realize their their fantastic their okay. glittering careers um, no that's you know there, there are so many problems associated with England's refusal to give up on the the glory of the Empire and all the language that goes with the Empire and of course that actually is something that is we're seeing that played out just now as they're trying to justify the failures of Brexit. Yes. And, uh, yeah. um, and we're using this strange nostalgia. We're all, you know, actually, I think everybody who is, who is still in work, there is nobody who's not retired, and I imagine mm. many people who are retired, nobody's actually lived through these, these great times of the past that they're referring mm -hmm. to, this sort of this adoration, adulation towards Winston Churchill. Even though uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg might like to have might lived to through them. Might imagine that he could yes. somehow <laughs> go into some yeah. extraordinary time, time machine. Um, <laughs> And this, again, I mean, what is striking with this government is this, this militarisation. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the way that we, we are supposed to fall in line with these certain idols that we look to, these certain reference mm -hmm. points. And if you don't, you are unpatriotic. Mm -hmm. And you will have the wrath of social media as mm -hmm. guided by the right wing thrown at you. Mm -hmm. well, you, you mentioned uh, earlier um, the First Minister of Wales, Mark Drakeford. And he's recently used the expression that the UK has never been this fragile. I'd imagine, obviously, you'd first of all agree with them, but do you, th do you think it's remarkable, I think you, you alluded to this earlier, do you think it's remarkable that even unionist politicians are unable to defend at the moment what is happening to Wales and Scotland? I would wonder that to a degree Mark Drakeford is, is walking a very narrow political line. He mm -hmm. knows that there is a considerable amount of soft support which is possibly growing and becoming and hardening amongst Labour voters in Wales towards independence. So there's certainly a sense within the last, in the run-up to the last election, the Senate election, mm -hmm. um, that Labour were making soft noises in favour, not necessarily in favour of independence, but that would um, catch the ears of people who were interested mm -hmm. in independence. Now, 
to a point, I would deeply suspect that that is a cynical act by Labour in Wales. Well, he's he's um, he's talked about uh, he was calling earlier in the year for radical federalism in, in, in UK. And in 2014, of course, we had Gordon Brown promising that this would be actually delivered to Scotland mm. by now. But what, you know, what do you make of that? I uh, distrust that? any any use of the adjective radical until yeah. somebody actually tells me what it means. <laughs> I mean, these are just a series of nice words that, yeah. again, they they sort of fit the sort of vocabulary that people who are interested in independence will probably approve of hearing yeah. what it actually means mm -hmm. and if it is just a, a way of, of deflecting what Labour may well be perceiving as being the threat of independence then I would be extremely cynical about it. Mm -hmm. There are people within the Labour movement in Wales who do perceive and I would agree with them in this respect that if they want to bring forward a genuine socialist agenda yeah. then there is no alternative for mm -hmm. them but independence is the means to which to do that mm -hmm. now i don't think that they necessarily sit comfortably alongside those people who are using terms like radical confederalization um, and i don't think that, that, that there is a degree of discord within the labor mm -hmm. party yeah. i suspect the labor party is very content with that discord as things stand because it has won them a small majority within the Senate mm -hmm. this time yeah. round. Whether they will hold those people in, in future, when those people realise that they are spanning yeah. the ultra-unionists of Labour, alongside perhaps some people who are really prepared to work for independence for, this, for their socialist agenda, whether Labour will do this, whether they can hold this all together, whether what I perceive as being hypocrisy will fall apart, we shall see. But of mm. course, to take a step back, it, for yeah. those of us who are you know, driving an independence agenda, we also have a duty to build a broad church. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain, you know, Wales is a different place. It has a different history. It has different history within its institutions to those of Scotland. It has a different mm -hmm. history within the union to mm -hmm. that of Scotland. And we, you know, we need to work with the materials that we have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, particularly on, on, on the left, it's, we're always very good at finding reasons for falling out with each other. <laughs> we do have to yeah. find reasons to, to, to come together, to work together yeah. um, if it gets us towards yeah. the actual course. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Now, now, you know, people can use terms like radical federalism, they can be cynical, they can talk about, you know, the fact that we'd have the most powerful, uh, you know, parli devolved parliament in the world and things like that, and, you know, sell that nonsense that, uh, to people. But the fact of the matter is that here at Westminster, as I can see, there, there is no appetite at Westminster for any kind of serious look at how they reform uh, this place. We're both Westminster MPs. What's your view well, on that? Of course, I mean, no. Boris Johnson is antagonistic towards devolution. That is what he will tell well, the he people. Well, he said it's a mistake. He said it himself. He yeah, said it's a mistake. Yeah, it's a mistake. And, um, yeah. you know, he'll do the classic Boris Johnson thing. It'll depend upon the audience he's speaking to as to what he will say. But you know, when he's talking to his home audience, devolution will be a mistake. You know, yeah. Tony Blair made this. St the stupid thing. Who do these people think they are, and yeah. so forth? And he'll, pl he'll imagine that having up. a voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you can see institutionally again if we're looking at the, the change in, in, in the boundaries. You know, we, we don't actually know what the, the boundary changes mm. are going to be with yeah. the electoral commission exactly, but we do know we're going down in numbers. There is nothing within Westminster which will give us a stronger voice. Mm -hmm. um, I suspect also that the Labour Party here. Uh, do not want to talk about devolution. They, they've wrapped themselves up. Kira's wrapped himself up in the Union Jack. Um, there well, is Jacob a divide. Well, Jacob said that you'd like to see uh, devolution undone. I think well, he wants to undo devolution. Of course they do. Of course yeah, they do. Yeah. Again, because this is this is the, the the glory of England that we should all be reflecting mm -hmm. ourselves in with gratitude. Um, I think. I mean, to come back to Labour here, this is what we know. This is what the Tories yeah. will do. Mm -hmm. and yeah. we, 
you know, there are some, you know, there are people that you could have a greater conversation about devolution with within the Tory party as well, but they're not in the ascendancy at the moment. No. And they're it, unlikely it is interesting to be with Labour because Labour yeah. actually are, are playing, they're playing the hare in the hands because mm -hmm. say Welsh Labour and they will be calling for devolution of justice that is not on the cards here. That's not something that can be countenanced here. Although you, with the, making an utter mess of, say, prisons and probation, trying to align the fact that there are aspects of prisons and probation which are health, education, housing, that's devolved. The two things aren't aligned properly together. But then, of course, you, you look again to Labour in Wales. They complain that they haven't got all the means to, you know, to, to, to fulfil their ambitions, mm -hmm. but then they won't, they've no interest in taking our welfare. Yeah. But they could actually make a difference make, with that. Yeah. yeah. They could make the kind of changes that have been made in Scotland, yeah. you know. I, I chair the, uh, the the old party group for terminal illness and one of the changes that was adopted in Scotland right away with the devolved powers was to uh, to get rid of the six month rule for people accessing it. Yeah. They they could in Wales, you know, do things like yeah. that, but they're not they're just not yes. pushing for it. Yeah, I mean and that yeah. six month rule is absolutely heartless. I know people mm. with the attendance yeah. allowance they died before they were eligible yeah, to get it. Indeed, grim, and, and, and those things, you know, where there are powers to do that, it's only PIP in Scotland, not universal credit, unfortunately. But where there are the, the there is the ability to do something like that. It's something we should always yeah. uh, take forward. Um, you know, since Brexit, the the UK government's implemented the Internal Market Act, um, the EU Withdrawal Act both clearly uh, undermine the authority of the devolved parliaments in Scotland and Wales. Um, I think we can see clearly that the government's seeking to undo devolution by the back door. Do you, certainly that's my view. Do you get that sense? Oh, we certainly we've been talking about. I mean, we were talking just, just through the lens of preparation for the health and care bill that's coming, well, that's been discussed today. Um, we had a debate on whether we should vote on this or not. And there are a few aspects of it that, that aren't devolved, so we're clear on that. But the two big questions, of course, are the implications for procurement will we be able to procure in the way that we presently choose to procure in Wales or will there be a court challenge because mm -hmm. of changes in England of course under the Internal Market Act mm -hmm. and the other question of course is whether actually bringing in extra privatisation into the NHS in England will have a change to the funding in England mm -hmm. which will then bounce through to Wales and the amount of money, money that we receive there. Mm -hmm. So you can see I mean, the funding methodology is hardwired mm -hmm. uh, to influence what we can do in Wales but you do see yes of course with the, with, with the Internal Market Market Act. We, we, we've, um, we, we've, we've yet to see how that will work its way through, mm -hmm. and with the powers, of course, that have been given to ministers. Even it'll be interesting to see with some of the legislation over the COVID legislation too, whether that works its way mm -hmm. to a sunset clause or not. We mm -hmm. shall see. Um, they might we, want we, to keep on uh, hanging on to it because it's, uh, yeah. it's handy for them to keep control. Yeah. I mean, there was one again, just interesting mm -hmm. example through the lens of which to see the the weakness of devolution and to a degree the weakness of the Welsh Government. Um, the present fishing zone for which access has been agreed to EU vessels for the south of the, of the United Kingdom, or the south of the island of Britain, goes from Grimsby to Fishguard. Now those, that includes the territorial waters, so the 6 to 12 miles throughout South Wales. Now that's been just handed over as one big lump that was negotiated through the, the Trade and Cooperation Agreement yeah. with EU access. Welsh Government just handed that over. Mm. They just handed that over. So it means that potentially you've got 120 vessels, EU vessels, a licence to fish in those areas, whereas previously there was only 10. Mm -hmm. 
Whether they will is another matter. Quite a, quite a big they, effect if they're going they, to They just take it handed out. over something which was within their control. Mm -hmm. They've just given it away. And you mentioned uh, you know, the possibility being challenged on service like the NHS. Of course, with, it's not only the Internal Market Act um, that could affect that, but all the new trade deals yes. are doing just now. Quite a few of them. Are, no yeah, quite a few of them could include what they're called investor state dispute mechanisms, mm -hmm. and that means that we can be challenged from abroad. No, and we know yeah. that the United States do this, oh, and that we haven't got a trade agreement there, but they've done it to Australia routinely. In the past. In, indeed, routinely. It, let, let me. You, you mentioned uh, the COVID emergency legislation there. Let, let's just move on to the pandemic just for a, a second or two. Do you think the different approaches by the devolved governments and their responses to the pandemic have? changed minds for people on independence? In, indubitably. Yep. They've, um, in Wales, you see, again, one of the one of the things that I would sort of emphasise as one of the differences between Wales and, and people who'd be listening to you maybe in Scotland is the nature of our, the border between, Scot between Wales and England is, as I described, highly porous and it has large urban areas. You've got Manchester, you've got Birmingham, Wolverhampton, Liverpool, right on the edge of that. So there's, there's an awful lot of interaction and, and travel between uh, across across the border it is somewhat different you know mm -hmm. where your yeah. urban belt is is mm -hmm. further north from the border um it's brought into high profile and to high focus to people where the border actually yeah. lies mm -hmm. and the the more cautious approach in wales which plaid has gone yeah you know, we, we we have agreed with we, we've supported that, the government yeah. in this is in spite of what the Tories will be making a lot of noise about, it is popular. Mm -hmm. That is what people expect to happen. They're much more comfortable with it. Um, the announcement today that most measures, most vis visible, me visual me visible measures such as face masks will continue mm -hmm. as, as yeah. they are at present. And I think there is something that's sort of, there is an attitude within Wales that goes beyond Labour, is that I will protect my community. Yes. We mm -hmm. understand that I'm, mm -hmm. we, are, we are wearing masks not to protect me, Mm -hmm. but to protect other people. Mm -hmm. So for all these people who say, it's my freedom, I, I, it's my choice, it's not like you're wearing a seatbelt. Exactly. This yeah. is for and other people. And, you know? and many, many people are saying that even after the pandemic, if they've you know got a cold or something like that, they're going to wear a mask to yeah. protect other people as well, which is a real uh, culture change. But it has had that effect, as you said, because it's pointed out where the the different lines yeah. are in terms of... And, and, and also you talked about that sense of community. I think that's something when... You know, I'm, I'm Highland MP. I think when people come to the Highlands, you really do get a very uh, sharp understanding of those communities, the way people feel about mm. um, looking after people in their communities. Yeah. 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 But Wales voted for Brexit, um, but it's now seeing the, the impact of Brexit, particularly on North Wales and its uh, links to the Republic of Ireland. Uh, is that changing the narrative around independence as well? I think it, it's certainly, um, it's politicised people. Mm -hmm. If that sense that again in Scotland, that the 2014 referendum, of course the run up to that referendum, in the same way Brexit has politicised Wales, the election since then, that pe people, people are far more aware that politics actually mm. has an effect on their lives. It's not just a spectator sport or a form yeah. of entertainment, which what this is, many in this place would have you believe, it's, that's mm. it, because then they can play you. Um, I know, you know people who have supported Brexit, actually, you know, it, it, you're not going to do any good just telling people, I told you so. Mm. I mean, that's not going to persuade anybody, is yeah. it? It's just going to, but underneath that, people have a sense of, this is not how it's supposed to be. This is not what I was told. Yeah. 
and I, you know, this is now going to affect me. Now, how, how this actually pans out in the long run, we remain to see. But within Wales, we have independence as an identity route, which it just doesn't, you know, Wales has that, mm. England doesn't have that, frankly. Mm -hmm. It's not part yeah. of the English psyche. Uh, it will be interesting, I think, with, with the farmers. Obviously, I, I represent a, a, an upland area. I've got much of the, of the park, Cynedlaethelurrysnodunia National Park. And I've got quite, the village where I live has got quite a few um, fishermen in as well. So yeah. these are really people who are on the front line of being affected. Um, at the moment, the prices of lamb are holding up. Mm -hmm. um, that's partly to do with geopolitical issues with China, you know, who's buying what, who's that's buying what. That's before the Australian imports come in, though, yeah. yeah. Now that's, well, this is when mm -hmm. it's going to get interesting because mm -hmm. the Tories here will tell us that land prices have never been so high. Mm -hmm. But again, that's partly to do with the fact that there is now a conflict between Australia and China. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's, there's an issue about who's selling what, where I think come this autumn when our lamb come online, if you like, onto yeah. market when we're trying to sell far more. That will be really interesting. Yeah. And I think also the other thing that's different with politics now is that people are used to politics fitting a sort of a, a Netflix narrative that yeah. you everything happens at a certain speed, all right, it carries on, but you haven't, it happens and it moves on to something else. That's not how it's going to be. No. In real time, this is going to play out over years and actually take a step back and look at what's going to happen five years down the road. Who's going to step into their parents' shoes in the farms? Are they going to do that? Yeah. Are we going to have our farms being sold up? Are we going to have large companies looking to offset their carbon emissions by buying land and planting swathes of trees in Wales? This has happened in the past with mm. tax breaks for forestry. Mm -hmm. You're starting to do the longer um, predictions, if you like. And that's where you, it gets very interesting. And the, again, the, the Australia trade agreement yeah. has said you know, 15 years for the tariffs to kick in, but we also know there's going to be effects straight away. Indeed, yeah, and it, it's not only the um, the prices there, it's uh, and the viability. It's uh, it's actually a food security issue um, for for Wales, for Scotland, and, and indeed, you yeah. know, bizarrely, they're allowing this situation to happen for England as yeah. well. And the sheer hypocrisy yeah. that we. we are as consumers expected mm. to be to welcome in cheaply produced meat, which mm. will have crap welfare standards yes, from indeed. elsewhere. Yeah. We'll Hormone also injected beef, all yeah, kinds yeah, of and, 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 antibiotics. And, and, yeah. and the antibiotic, mm. antibiotics are serious. You're yeah, starting yeah. to talk about this is one of the reasons you know, that there will mm. be health effects mm -hmm. if we stuff everything that we eat full of antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Something's going to ha happen to the effectiveness on antibiotics on animals that we eat and on us. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and some of the, the, the welfare issues um, with, with Australia, with, with travel particularly. Um, but we're expecting our own farmers to produce to a far higher standard. And we don't even know yet mm -hmm. how the funding is going to work its way through mm -hmm. for uh, environmental, you know, environmental public goods. Yeah. Whether that will actually produce any sort of model that will give a living income to a family farm. Mm -hmm. You know, a farm with perhaps 300 acres when you're up against... 470,000 acre farm Indeed. or so or in, yeah. in Australia. Uh, the, the choices that are being made point very clearly and the ev all evidence shows this is the case that there is a Westminster has a London southeast centric view of the economy. Um, how, how do you feel that uh, impacts on Wales? I think we've got a clue from what you've just been saying but but they're obviously across the piece. How, how does that London well, southeast centric economy? I mean it's interesting with the trade and cooperation agreement that we have we've yet to negotiate services mm -hmm. which will be obviously immensely significant to mm -hmm. London and how that will actually work its way through. But Wales is it's a manufacturing producing economy. Um, at present 
exporting has become more complicated, um, transport has become more complicated, our relationship with Ireland has become more complicated, and that is not on the radar with those people who are whispering in people's ears here. Mm. You know, the, 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 the reality of what people experience around them means that the southeast of England will be the first in the queue to be listened to because that's just where we're physically located. Mm, of course. You, 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 sa you said at the beginning about how important it was, um, you know, in your view, for, for Wales uh, to get powers. What difference would having the levers of power being transferred to Wales make, do you feel, over, and you've said this would be over a period of time, but uh, to their everyday lives? Well, you would... You would start making people properly accountable within the democracy of Wales, within our own government structures, to what happens in Wales. That accountability would come through the funding, through taxation that was levied in Wales, the way that money was spent. We could start making use of welfare far more effectively than we, we presently do. We could and this is particularly close to my heart in the area that I live in, we, we could start managing the way that at present we are just victims of the open housing market. We have no control over that whatsoever. And that has an impact, again, on, on keeping young people in a certain area. We could start designing our own macroeconomy. Yeah, mm -hmm. We could start looking at... At the moment, it, Wales is... If you look at how it, the government-funded infrastructure for the last yeah. 150 years, it's all extractive. So you, you've got the trains... If you look at it like a reverse E, if you like. The trains go to Hollyhead, they go to Aberystwyth, they go down along the South Wales coast to, to Swansea and then beyond to Pembrokeshire. It's always drawing you out. The same thing, exactly the same thing as the national grid. Now the national grid, we actually produce more electricity than we, than we require in Wales. This is great in my opinion. We should continue to be producing more electricity than we, than, than we produce, but we should be getting the advantage of that yeah, in Wales. Indeed, yeah. yep. I mean, we, we, desperately need a, a revamp, a redesign of how the national grid works because we can't even generate some renewables. Mm -hmm. We haven't even got we haven't got the capacity to generate, let alone to be able to make use of it. And we need a government that will plan that with the communities in mind, not with just assuming that we're left behind, that we will be last in line and that will be fine. You know, the same thing with connectivity, with 4G, with 5G. We're sort of fighting even to get mm -hmm. the Home Office to turn on their EE masts mm -hmm. so that we can use the 4G boost for that to improve connectivity locally. So it is that, rather than being the sort of the end of the line, that you're starting to design this for these communities. Mm -hmm. And then, my community is highly dependent on tourism. Tourism is fantastic. We will have hosts of tourists. We're probably going to have the busiest summer that any will be within living memory. But the salaries are very, very low. And of course, I firmly believe that as a monopoly economy, then there are real problems come in in, in the wake of tourism. Yeah. We want tourism and we want other things as well. And we want to be able to design it in a way that makes a difference for us. And on the different levels with, with Welsh Labour's expectations, which are very uh, low-key, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, they mostly turn about Welsh Labour remaining in power. And then Westminster, without simply without the interest and without mm -hmm. giving us the means, we have to tolerate and deal with the, the micro-changes that we can make mm -hmm. to these situations. Whereas we could do so much more. Mm -hmm. We could do so much Indeed. more. Well, we'll be having a, a referendum in Scotland very soon. I take it there'll be a bit of interest in that in Wales. I would love to come and help you. <laughs> <for it. laughs> well, we'll, we'll keep you to that. Yeah. On that, uh, uh, Liz Savile-Roberts, I'll say dioch. And uh, thank you for joining me in this podcast. Gwych. Wedi mwynhau naro. Diolch
So there we have it. Just like Scotland, the false nostalgia of an outdated Westminster is holding Wales back. As we've seen with the Internal Market Act and the European Withdrawal Act, Westminster is grabbing back powers from both Wales and Scotland, and that's also the view of their Labour First Minister. That, along with reducing the number of Welsh MPs, simply compounds the fact that Westminster only ever has its own interests at heart. As in Scotland, more and more people in Wales are now actively engaged in political discussion in seeing that they too could choose a future designed for Wales by the people of Wales and they'll be watching Scotland closely. My thanks again to Liz for taking part and once again to you for listening. Don't forget you can find new and previous episodes of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot. If you can share this podcast, it can help others with their decision on Scotland's future. I'm Drew Hendry and I hope you'll join me next time on Scotland's Choice. <laughs>